We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you ever heard of Rajneesh Param? Neither had I. This is Antelope, Oregon. In the 80s, Antelope had around 40 residents, but it's pretty much a ghost town now. It all started because of this guy, Osho, or Rajneesh, when he and his followers decided to come to town and build a commune. Some people called it a cult. He would parade through town in his Rolls Royce, receiving all of the accolades. Eventually, the people of Rajneesh managed to take over the little town of Antelope and create a brand new town called Rajneesh Param. The locals, however, weren't having it, and they wanted their town back. And that's where a lot of the trouble began. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True, True Crime with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I am here with my co-anchor, sister and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Have we got a story for you. Boy, don't we? Boy. If you have watched the documentary that came out not too long ago on Netflix called Wild Wild Country, you'll know what we're talking about. If you haven't, be prepared to have your socks blown off. Yeah, and you might know this story, and you might know what we're about to talk about. You might. I had never heard this. We are, I think, just young enough to have not been experienced. Like, as it was happening, we were little kids. Yeah. I think anybody a little older than us probably is familiar because it was all over the news, not only here in the U.S., but all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. But it is quite a story and it is definitely filled with true crime. <laughs> mm. It most certainly is. And that's why we decided to cover it. That yeah. and because we felt like we could understand that little town of Antelope uh, and where we lived in our lives and, and the situation yeah. there a little better. So we're covering it. So <laughs> I guess we just start at the beginning. This is part one. We didn't think we could do this in one episode. And so Definitely we're going to do not. half of it this week and half of it next week. Yeah. So let's start with Raj- Rajneesh or Osho, as he was eventually called. Mm-hmm. Rajneesh was actually uh, started out as a journalist and a philosophy professor. And he started giving more and more talks about his philosophy, essentially. And it was pretty radical for the time. He was in India Mm -hmm. and he did not believe in marriage. He thought that marriage was a societal uh, binding, particularly for women, that wasn't necessary and wasn't good for relationships. He believed in free love. Which, you know, think back to the 60s and 70s and the free love movement. Well, it turns out our friend uh, Osho here had a lot to say about that. And maybe have been the father of it. And maybe 
was the father of a lot of things. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. just judging by said philosophy. But uh, eventually he started to get a lot of people really wanting to follow him and some really wealthy people in India that were funding him. And at some point, the university decided that they could not align with his teachings. He was also very uh, not an acceptance of Gandhi. He had a lot of criticism of Gandhi and that offended some people greatly. And and anyway, eventually he got fired from his job. And so he started really only making money through writing books about his beliefs and leading meditation retreats or meditation camps. And he had this really uh, new idea or new agey idea, I guess, of meditation that was nothing like the uh, sit and be still kind of meditation that most people were used to. It was more of a screaming and dancing kind of meditation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of screaming, a lot of screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more and more people started following him. And finally, uh, some wealthy investors got together and they purchased him a property in India that became his first ashram. And that ashram attracted a lot of people that wanted to come and live there and study with him and come to his uh, meditation retreats and things like that. And things were just getting bigger and bigger. The problem was India wasn't happy with him. He started to have some hostility and some issues with the Indian government and eventually decided that they needed to leave India. And Mm -hmm. some of his followers were from the United States. And one of them particularly was an attorney. And he knew that they could come to the U.S. and have religious freedom. And that's when they build his belief system as a religion. Before that, he had said, this is not a religion. I am not a religion. I don't believe in religion. Suddenly now it's a religion, right? but it seems as though that was so that they could come to the U.S. and have their freedom of religion. Yeah, it was for immigration purposes. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it started. So they moved to the U.S., at least some of them did, and they purchased this old ranch, this big old ranch, many, many acres outside of by this little tiny town called Antelope, Oregon. Now, Antelope, Oregon was just an itty-bitty community of like 40 people. It was teeny. There was a post office. Yeah, there was a a little diner. There was a handful of things, just a few people that were retiring there. That was it. And suddenly, these people, and and these guys are like old-school rednecks, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And suddenly on their doorstep are Our kind of Idaho old school rednecks. Yes. <laughs> We're very familiar with the, kind of the, the people from Antelope. Yeah. So what comes rolling into town, but people from all over the world that have this weird religious belief stuff going on. Uh, they kind of called themselves a commune at the beginning. Most other people from the outside called them a cult. They all dressed 
initially in orange and that changed to red and sometimes pink, but mostly all in red by the time they got to town. They all had a mala around their neck and they all absolutely worshipped Rajneesh. Mm-hmm. And he would come to town and he would uh, roll through in his Rolls Royce. He had a whole fleet of them. And people would just go crazy for an opportunity to just see him. Yeah. And the people in this town didn't know what to make of it. They didn't mm-hmm. like it. Well, of course, they immediately went to work on the area. And what they wanted to do was to build their own little self-sustaining community, their own yeah. little town. And man, did they develop too. They created their own power station. They built a hotel. They built a meditation center that could accommodate 10,000 people. They really worked hard and did a lot of work in a very short amount of time. They built a dam. They built an airport. They built some houses. A lot of people lived in tents or in little... uh, kind of, you know, like A-frame, A-frame. little cabiny things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and the more they built, the more people came. And eventually, of course, Rajesh came around. That's not his name. Rajneesh came. And it was, uh, a lot of rumors were flying. And a lot of news stations were starting to take note of this weird thing happening here. Mm-hmm. And the people in Antelope were getting more and more unhappy. And they, some, one of the things that they were most unhappy about was that what they were hearing was going on up there was that it was just a whole lot of free love, right? Yeah. It was just they basically a sex cult a lot. Yep, a sex cult, a big old orgy going on over the hill, right? And they were super unhappy about it. They were very um, white Christian ideology type people. Very conservative. Very conservative. And they were not happy about it at all. Well, one thing that happened is they were uh, in their throes of trying to figure out what to do about these people coming to town is that uh, they realized or decided at least that out there on that ranch, they didn't have the right zoning to build all of those buildings that they were building. They were just doing a ton of improvement on that land without having the right kinds of permits or zoning to do it. Well, you know, one thing that kind of happened here is that um, as they were building their community out there, they didn't make any effort whatsoever to get to know where they were living, understand the laws understand the the culture that they had moved into it was on their end it was all very arrogant because there was no attempt at all like they didn't even find out hey are there rules about what you know like yeah it was not smart on their part at all they made no No. attempt to understand the country and community that they were living in and what the expectations would be there as property owners they didn't they just did whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they expected that like, that would be fine. They did. They acted like because they owned that land that they should be able to do whatever they want on it. Right. Which, you know, would be neat as a landowner to be able to do whatever you want on it. But it's not really the way it is in most communities. Yeah. 
no it it isn't and and when you live you know every country state county you know everybody whether you're in the US or not there are rules that and laws that you have to abide by and they didn't even try, honestly. And I mean, there were a lot of things that happened to them that were unfair. But this was one thing that really has stuck out to me about this story is that they made no yeah. attempt to show some respect for yeah. this community that they had moved into or to try to understand. No. Nothing. No, they didn't try to win any love from the antelopers at all, did they? No. Yeah. So, uh that's when tensions kind of started to rise. So Christy, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what happened there? Well, so there was an attempt then to get kind of the county involved and, you know, get these guys in trouble basically for mm-hmm. building um, property, you know, building on this property that they didn't want to. And we should really talk about Sheila. Yes. So Sheila was the Bogwan or later Osho, but they called him the Bogwan. Uh, which means beloved one. And she was his secretary, which basically meant she was his mouthpiece. She completely ran this organization. Mm -hmm. And so although the Bhagwan was there, people rarely saw him or heard from him. He went Mm -hmm. for like three and a half years without speaking. I mean, you know, there was just a lot of stuff that went on there that really Sheila was the one in charge. Mm -hmm. And Sheila didn't like being challenged at all. No. And there's, you know, there's a picture of Sheila and she basically sort of saw herself as defined, divinely appointed, Mm -hmm. you know, and at one point even sort of surpassed the Bhagwan as far as they weren't really following him anymore. They were following her. But, Mm -hmm. but once she was a real source of the problem when it came to the people in the town of Antelope, when it came to, um, you know, all the governmental issues that they went through because she basically just told them all to F off and we don't have to do what you say. Yeah. And so there'd been a battle kind of looming with the county and with the city of Antelope. And they discovered that they could vote Mm -hmm. because they lived in the county. Yeah. And... (laughs) I don't know. I may get some of this out of order, but I will tell you one, one of the things that they did. Well, first of all, they basically took over the city of Antelope. Mm -hmm. They, um, Sheila and, and the commune, they bought up every for sale property in Antelope. Yeah. And people from the commune started living there. The Mm -hmm. Rajishi started living there. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And they got enough of them living there that they actually like basically overthrew the mayor and the city council yeah, and seated themselves as in mm-hmm. charge. Yes. Of the well, mayor uh, of the, of the city. 
Right. Well, as it was going to happen, they had one last ditch effort to just dissolve the city of Antelope. Right. Rather than they allow tried to them to dissolve their over. charter to prevent yep. this from happening because the people in Antelope, the, the original residents were absolutely horrified by this whole thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was a great deal of racism and oh, yeah. religious dis- discrimination and stuff that went on oh, from yeah. the people in Antelope. There was. And then there, there was, was this really arrogant refusal to understand the community that they had moved into mm-hmm. and familiarize themselves with the culture and, you know, make any effort at all to, like, yeah. understand anything. So both right. to, sides, to respect them. Yeah. yeah. Both sides were super unreasonable. Mm-hmm. So the attempt at um, dissolving the city charter failed. Mm-hmm. Then there was a city council election in which the Rajneesh, uh, the Rajneeshi actually took over the city. They changed uh-huh. the name. It's not Rajneesh Param. That is the commune. Rajneeshi is the name that they named the town. So they even renamed the town. They renamed all the, all of the streets in the uh-huh. town. They renamed everything. everything. So they basically yeah. just wiped out this little town mm-hmm. they renamed the city park and designated it as a clothing optional meditation space yeah, they where they apparently were meditating dancing and banging all night every night and the locals could hear all of that going on from their homes and they were really horrified by it and traumatized and disgusted and it, there were just lots of things like that that uh you know was definitely not in their wheelhouse. It was so strange to think that you could just move into a place like this. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I look at this and I'm like, who was at fault here? And yeah. I'm like, everyone? You know, there wasn't, yeah. there was no attempt to understand them. There was also no attempt on their part to understand or get to know their community. They just basically did a hostile takeover of this tiny, tiny little town. Yeah. Renamed everything, uh, formed their own police force mm-hmm. that was actually a legal um, police force that used yeah. to patrol the streets at night. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they used a lot of, um, of um, you intimidation. know, intimidation tactics. Yeah. yeah, on the locals. And a lot of people moved away. A lot of people just left. Yeah, well, there was only 40 people to begin with. I mean, right. it wasn't there that many. That, I, I honestly, for the life of me, can't figure out why they didn't all move away. Partly because they were more than willing to write them a check for their property. I mm-hmm. mean, they were paying them fair, fairly for their properties if they, they wanted were, to they, move they away. They full price for all the houses. Like, they weren't trying. Mm-hmm. At this point, the Rajneeshis were had millions and millions and millions of dollars because people would come and join them. And as they would join them, they would give them everything. Yeah. And so they had a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. So they take over the city. So then they're trying to get permission to be a city themselves. Rajneesh Mm -hmm. Param, they wanted to be an incorporated city. Yeah. And they start running into problems with the county because Mm -hmm. Guess what? No building permits. They've built all this stuff. Yeah. They've done all of these things. They have followed no county or state laws. They've done nothing that they're supposed to do. 
So yeah. they decide they're going to do the same thing that they did in Antelope. And they're going to flood the county with yeah. their boats. And you know what they started doing? They started going into big cities and picking up homeless people and just bringing them home with them. Yeah. Offering them a better life and like populating Rajneesh Param yeah. like hugely. Yeah. 6,000. They brought yeah. 6,000 homeless people into Rajneesh Param. Yeah. And you know, the whole reason they brought them there was so they could vote. Yeah. Which seems gross to me because they had a lot of trouble with them. Because mm -hmm. it turns out a lot of them were mentally ill. A lot of them were substance abuse addicted. Like they just literally picked them up off the street and said, get in this bus and we'll give you a better life. Yeah. And they came. And they did because they, you know, didn't have homes themselves. They were living on the streets. And so they wanted help. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, their attempt at overthrowing the county was unsuccessful because the county had an absolute record turnout of everybody else mm -hmm. in their election to keep that from happening. I'll, I'll turn it back to you at this point. Okay, and there is a lot that happened around that that we'll we'll talk about next week. We just knew that if we did this all in one, it would be so long and yeah. we wouldn't be able to do it all justice. Uh, the one thing that did happen uh, in Rajesh Param as the whole kind of takeover of the city was happening is that somebody bombed their hotel and burned it down. And right. that was in the Dolls. Wasn't their hotel in the Dolls? Mm-mm. Oh, it was in Rajesh Param? Mm -hmm. Oh. So well, I think I, so. Well, I don't know. I Maybe I'm wrong. wrong. I thought it was in Rajesh Param. That is when they started carrying weapons. Before that, yeah. they hadn't. They weren't carrying weapons. They were peaceful. But after the bombing that may have been in the doles, we're going to have to double check on that. Uh, <laughs> they uh, started learning how to carry weapons. And then, of course, their police force that they called the Peace Force was carrying weapons and i i thought it was really ironic because the uh in wild wild country one of the uh one of the interviews one of the old boys on there said well yeah at one point then they all started carrying weapons and it just killed me because he was carrying weapons of course he was they all the were people in antelope all had weapons but when these guys started carrying weapons, then that became not okay. Yeah. There was a lot of hypocrisy that way in that um, we should be able to practice our religion, but don't you dare try and practice yours. And yeah. we should be able to live here, but you don't get to live here. And we should be able to carry guns. But if you guys start carrying guns, that makes you dangerous, you know? And it, right, right. Which was that kind of stuff There was kind of peppered out throughout uh, the whole documentary. And, and just this whole experience was, Wow, a lot of entitlement. But just thinking about where we live, if something like this had moved in, especially in the 70s and 80s, oh my gosh. I don't even think locals around where I live would have been as nice as the people from Antelope were. No, I think there would have been a lot more confrontation. Mm -hmm. There wasn't so much confrontation as there. It was just, um, it was a lot of like, you know, talking bad about them and stuff. And, 
Then yeah. they did put up signs when the when the when the political stuff started happening, they were putting up negative signs and things. And, you know, there was some stuff, but there was no attempt on either side to like, let's meet and talk and sit down and work this out together. None of that happened. Yeah. And I, the whole thing is an interesting I don't know. It's it's an interesting experiment, really, because when a large group of people that you consider to be foreign move into your community. Yeah. Well, they have the right to. They bought mm-hmm. a 64,000 acre ranch called the Big yeah. Muddy. And. I mean, the property was for sale. They had every mm-hmm. right to buy it. Mm-hmm. And once they owned it, they did have the right to do what they wanted with it within the laws of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I just looked up the hotel. We were both wrong. It was in Portland. Oh, it was in Portland. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was in the city. I knew it wasn't in one of these little yeah. towns. Yeah, right. It so it was bombed. No one was killed, but it was it was bombed. A guy went in with mm-hmm. with suitcases and mm-hmm. several explosives bombs. went off. Yeah. Yeah. It was really yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's really that action, I think, is one of the things that really started the real, you know, the bigger action and, and hostility between the groups. But yeah, it is wild. And and it's so interesting. I mean, when you look at the basic tenets of what Osho was teaching, mm-hmm. it was about self-actualization and freedom and love and allowing yourself to be yourself. And that sounded good to a lot of people, you know, who were tired of being so financially bound to the rat race that they were running and to the uh, religious constructs that they were constantly answering to. And, you know, it it sounded good. It still sounds good, honestly, you know, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately the, uh, the way it all played out, uh, what the people that were there for that were missing what was going on under the surface which was um, a lot of money, a lot of greed, a lot of power and a lot of dysfunction that they didn't really know about or that maybe they chose to not know about. But uh, well, I think that's that's the difference between Osho's teachings Uh and the way that Sheila was running this organization. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because he just gave her carte blanche to do whatever she wanted. And boy, howdy, did she? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't complicit or that he didn't know some of it because it's really unknown how much he truly knew Mm -hmm. about the things that she did that we'll cover next time. But that's really what happened is he just sort of pulled back and gave Mm -hmm. her the reins. Mm -hmm. And she she was hired to be the bulldog. Yeah. She came from a really wealthy business family. That was her background. And she had no problem playing that role, boy. She could do it. Yeah, She could. And she got very power drunk, you know, Mm -hmm. and and took this from where this peaceful commune to, first of all, we're this very rulesy religion. Yeah. And you mess with us, we're going to kill you. Mm -hmm. And that was literal on her part. Yeah. Yep. So we'll tell you all about that next week. Your head's probably spinning enough right now. 
But if you're interested, go over to Netflix and watch Wild Wild Country. And mm -hmm. we'll list our source material, too, uh, for the stuff we've talked about tonight in our show description. But uh, this is a wild one, you guys. And again, maybe you heard all about this. Maybe you were, you know, more aware of it. But we were too little. Well, we I know. knew who Osho, Osho was, but did I oh, know yeah. all of this stuff? No. No. <laughs> I mean, Osho's organization is still alive and well. He's yes, been dead is. for 30 years, but his yeah. organization, the beat marches on. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, that's it. This is our Wednesday show. We'll be back tonight with case updates at 7 p.m. Mountain. We'll be back tomorrow night for the Psychic Hour, and it's the first show of the month, so it is marching orders, which we always look forward to and love. So yeah. lots more good stuff with us still to come this week. But thank you so much for being here. Like, share, subscribe. Head over to our website, truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. If you want to suggest a case or find us for a reading or check out our merch or become a patron for that matter, all kinds of good stuff happening. So thanks mm -hmm. you guys so much for being here. This has been another, I was going to say a publication. I guess it's not. This has been another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye guys. Thank you.